Welcome to the Smart Planning 101 podcast, episode 19. I'm Nicole Whip, and I'm your host. Hello, Smart Planners. Welcome to the Smart Planning 101 podcast, episode 19, where today I am going to be finalizing the five-part series between myself and Audrey Earhart of Elder Council related to the five things that adult children of aging parents need to know now. Today, we will be discussing the things that parents needed to do yesterday related to planning. The reason why we're discussing this is to understand the urgency possibly of starting to plan. There are options that are available when you pre-plan, when you start early, that simply do not become available later when you're in the crisis mode, when things are happening. And so if you really want to maximize the options that you have, pre-planning is necessary. Think about maximizing options as remaining in control. The more options that you have, the more in control you are of yourself and your future. And that's why to me, because I'm a control freak, um, I think that that's really essential is wanting to have every option available to me that I can possibly have. Because in the event that something happens and I become disabled, I want to make sure that I've controlled what that future is going to look like in the best way that I am able to do so. And so that's really what we're talking about today is how to get those planning options into place so that in the event that something happens, um, anybody that is doing that can be in the best amount of control of their own self, their person, their body, and their money into the future. Because I think that that's one of the things that makes getting older so scary and also makes this topic one that people want to avoid is just the simple thought of being in that position that if I am not able to manage myself or my own affairs, for many people that are elderly especially, there is a lot of pride associated with being able to take care of yourself. And it's really a matter of principle when the thought that they might not be able to take them care of themselves is even being presented to them. So we don't want to present these topics in a way that says you're going to become helpless. The point is, is this is how you remain in control is by planning. Smart planning is what enables you to stay in control. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. What are those options? What should we be doing? What should we be thinking about? And what tools can we use to remain in control during the time of our life when we may not have full control over what's happening? If you have any comments or thoughts about this or any other episode, please visit smartplanning101.com forward slash 19. Thanks for listening. So far, we've gone through our four topics. We've talked about the rising cost of long-term care first. Uh, second, the fact, which we covered a little bit again just now, that basic estate planning isn't enough for our older Americans. Then we turned to our third topic, which was talking about the all the long-term care options available in our community. It's not just nursing homes and the house. And then fourth, we turn to the legal responsibilities that an adult child could be asked to take on for a parent and what those are. And now turning to topic five, we're going to talk about the pre-planning options that your aging parent needed yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. pre-planning they needed yesterday. Wow. What does that mean, Audrey? Tell us what that means. <laughs> You know, I think we talked about it a little bit in our last segment, but with that being said, you know, for you and I, 
you know, in, in our elder law practices, I think pre-planning, crisis planning, there's very little difference because we're just doing planning for clients with elder law challenges or facing long-term care issues. But for your listeners, what I want them to be aware of is there's a very big difference in what we can do for people when we're out of time. And that was what I would call crisis planning. And that is after, for your adult children who are listening, that's after mom and dad has had that long-term care crisis. So maybe it's a fall with a broken hip and you found out they're going to not be able to leave the skilled nursing facility, or we've hit the point where we have a a far-gone case of dementia and they can't sign documents to make decisions going forward, and now they're going to need placement because perhaps they're wandering 24 hours of the day and they need to be in a safe environment. Those are crisis plans. Um, When we are down to the minute where we're looking at needing placement in a long-term care facility, if that's at home with home health care or a skilled nursing facility or an assisted living facility, with a memory care unit, that's the crisis where we're really down, uh, we're out of options. Medicare has none, if, if any, days left to pay for that care, and we're going to start paying out of pocket these really high cost of care bills. We're looking at upwards of $7,500 a month in a skilled nursing facility as the national average. In my state, it was even higher. So that's the crisis aspect. Um, Then as far as the pre-planning went, that was for clients who had more time. And that's where I'm hoping that your listeners get to, where they start looking at their estate planning and they say, what changes can we make now while we're healthy to make the process smooth for our children, make good decisions, make decisions that we know where we want to be in the event of a healthcare crisis, how we want our finances managed, who we want to be in charge, how we want things to be be managed um, in all long-term care crises going down the road, that's the best benefit that an estate planning attorney who does elder law, like Nicole, or an elder law attorney specifically can offer you is these excellent choices that you can put into place now while you're able to make them. That's what I would call pre-planning versus uh, crisis planning. So to put a time frame on it for you, Nicole, for your listeners who are very detail-specific, it's people who have over five years to plan. And, of course, I don't have a crystal ball. If I had a crystal ball, I, that would be fantastic. So, you know, there's no way to tell that we have five years. That's why I would say do this planning, this elder law planning, as soon as possible. I've always felt that elder law, when I had a radio show, I'd always say this on my radio show, elder law, I feel, is a misnomer because elder law makes people think that they have to be over 80 or over 90 to do this planning, and it's really a misnomer. Elder law starts at 18 because when you turn 18, no one else can make your decisions for you should you lose your capacity. Wow, I love that. So we need- I usually tell people yeah, you got to start looking at it at least when you're in your 40s, but I think that that's a much more accurate way to put it, Audrey, so I like that. that yeah. No, thanks. That that was elder law starts at eighteen. That's when you need your financial power of attorney and your healthcare power of attorney. Oh, I'm totally going to start saying least. that when I talk to because I yes. do lots of presentations. <laughs> um, I just want the audience to know this. I present publicly at least twice a month, and um, I, I think people will crack up when they hear that because it's true. But it's funny. They. They will. My call-in radio show, that was the title, Elder Law Starts at 18. So we had, we had a good time with that. But I mean, it also, you know, it's, it's again tongue in cheek, but that's what gets the, the, the mindset for your clients that really there's no age too young. And I mean, this was, this was something that I encountered. I had a friend who didn't have planning directives and ended up having um, a massive stroke and was very young and ended up uh, going through the guardianship conservator process and never regained consci- consciousness. And there were no documents to make decisions, and it ended up being a, a pretty a pretty tough court case. And so well, that's something Terry I want Shivo. people to be. Yeah, that Terry Shivo, perfect example. Um, not my friend, right. but also. But, but that's exactly example. what we're talking about here, right? I mean, there are Terry exactly, Shivos in the world. Exactly. 
you know, ten, she, you know, and, and her attorney was was twenty miles from where I lived, and I was practicing. So, you know, that's that's a very, very real situation for you. And that's what I, and I, but I would say to you, you know, as adult children and clients who are listening, that for Nicole and I, and Nicole, I think you'd probably agree with this, the planning for us in, in many ways doesn't make a difference. Whether you come in at the last minute or if you plan 30 years in advance, we still have all those options available to you as elder law attorneys. Um, I love clients who want to pre-plan and be prepared and then we keep them updated as the law changes and they need changes going forward. But with that being said, we didn't turn people away in my firm just because they were at that last minute, that last point. You know, that was just another style of planning. But I want your listeners to be aware there are always going to be options available. There just will probably be more options available the sooner they can plan for themselves going forward. That's right. I, um, I always tell people the type of planning when we're pre-planning, this is really about taking and keeping control of your person, your body, and your money throughout your entire life. Because many of my clients and many of the people that are listening here, you know, you're smart people, and you work hard for what you have, and you think about the things that matter to you. But this is sort of a new world that we're in with this elder law stuff. And so, the type of planning, this pre-planning that we're talking about is for people that like to plan, that want to stay in control. It's not about giving up control. It's about keeping it. And so for me, you you mentioned earlier, Audrey, that your average client was in their 90s when you stopped practicing. Actually, in my office, our clientele is much younger. Most of my clients are in their 60s to early 70s. Um, we have clients that are younger, and we have clients that are older, most certainly. But I'd say the average client is between their mid-60s to mid-70s. And so these are clients that were saying, what can we do to hedge against this long-term care world? What can we do to put the legal protections in place that are going to protect our assets so we don't lose a lifetime of savings to long-term care costs? Because really, outliving our money is a much greater threat than people really realize. Exactly. And, and I think it's something that people need to realize also there are different strategies in different circumstances. Um, you could have a certain amount of money that you want to protect in one way and a certain amount of money that you want to protect in a different way. And that's what you and I um, will use more so than me because I'm not practicing at this point. But those, that's what we're here for is to give you all those available strategies so you can pick what works best for, for your clientele. I think it's important for people to realize there really is no one, one size fits all approach. Um, there are numerous options available um, in any phase of the planning. And that's what we're here for is to guide you to those strategies you can use them and really take the, the best advantage of what's available to you. Right. And so usually when we're talking about pre-planning, we're talking about having, you know, these really specific healthcare and financial powers of attorney that we've referred to quite a bit in the previous um, topics. We're also, mm -hmm. that to me is part of pre-planning is really having the right basic documents in place, but also possibly certain types of trusts that we use to protect assets. Um, I, I call it an asset protection trust in my office. People, some people will call it a Medicaid asset protection trust. There are trusts we use for VA benefits. There are, you know, there's a myriad of different things that can be done, like you said, and there are long-term care mm -hmm. insurance, possibly strategies, and, and all other types of strategies that we can, you know, 
life insurance strategies that we can use in these pre-planning contexts. And so we do. If if you're the adult child of an aging parent, I think that you want you want your parents to know about these things and you want to know about these things. Um, because if your parents at the very least have the right powers of attorney in place, you might be able to set the planning pl- in place for them if they're not ready, willing, or able to do it themselves at this moment. And, and I think that's very important is having that conversation with your parents that they may not, these are, these are big decisions and they may not be comfortable yet in making the, the big decisions when it comes to trust planning and, and or care contracts and things like that. But I think, yes, the baseline is you need an elder law specific power of attorney, durable power of attorney, so that you can use that going forward in case those decisions need to be made in a crisis. Exactly. Right. So at the very least, would you agree, Audrey, that people need to have their power, elder law specific powers of attorney in place? So that's like, to me, that is a no brainer. You do not pass go, you do not collect 200, you get the right powers of attorney in place. And then from yes. there, you can explore these other options and decide what's right to do for you and your family, um, such as the asset protection trusts and things like that. But the the powers of attorney, I think I just really need everybody to hear us about this, that this is a no brainer topic, you must have those if you have nothing else. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, um, I feel very passionate about it because I do see, you know, what happens is if you don't have the right ones, then that might mean we have to go to court to get permission to do some of these planning strategies, which, as you can imagine, is stressful and time consuming and costs money. Exactly. You know, and, and I think anytime a court proceeding is involved, it costs money. Exactly what you said. It's time consuming. And in these hearings where we decide that a person can't make decisions anymore, and those are usually guardianship or conservatorship proceedings in your state, those are not fun experiences for anyone. And, and fun is, is a loose word, but those are not the experiences that you want your aging parent to go through. Um, and so that can be completely prevented by a very, not simple document, but a simple to make document by having this power of attorney in place, um, a durable power of attorney in place and just take that step, get it done. Um, you can always change it later. It's not like it's going to be set in stone for forever. Um, you can change it next week if you want. Um, but I would get that done immediately. Don't waste time on that. Okay. So that being said, Audrey, is this something that you can go and download from the internet? <laughs> no, do not. Well, it, it, you know, let me make a comment on that, Nicole, because, you know, I think there was a time when that was possible. You could go and download it from the Internet. There are state bar associations that put up sample powers of attorney. What you are facing, though, is, and I want to be real careful as I say this word, powers of attorney, so a sample power of attorney, you are looking, what, you're, what your attendees are looking for is a durable power of attorney. That's specific language that makes the power of attorney durable. It's able to survive incapacity. So when the person who makes it, the principal, is no longer able to make their own decisions. If you just have a simple power of attorney, chances are when you are unable to make decisions, it's not going to be able to last with you. So do not get them from your local supply store. Do not get them from the bookstore. Do not get them from the internet. You need to have it from an elder law attorney who will also be aware when specific portions of the document need to be initialed or have an additional signature. And there are portions of statutes in different states that say that we have to give specific authority, assigned authority to take different actions. That's very important that you talk to your attorney about that. Right. And that's part of the reason, too, why having that um, thing downloaded from the Internet can become very problematic because every state does have different 
rules and different requirements. And oh, by the way, they do change. We had a pretty major change in our law here in Michigan in the last couple of years. And, you know, so many of my clients, the last time they've looked at their estate plan was 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. so, exactly. you know, you don't want to take that kind of risk. No, you don't, because you will end up, if it comes down to it, having to make those decisions for health care or finances, you will end up in a court proceeding with the judge deciding who's going to make your decisions going forward and deciding what can be done. And that's a, that's a tough position for the senior and the family to be in, and it's extremely, uh, it's extremely costly. And unfortunately, also, it may result in there being less choices because usually the court is going to act in an abundance of caution and may not want to allow things that you may very much have wanted. Exactly. The court's duty is to protect you in those situations, and, and some of the strategies that might be involved to obtain public benefits would maybe not be in the best interest according to the judge in that case, and that's not going to be up to your family or you anymore. It's going to be up to a third party, who in this case would be the judge. Audrey, I'd like to just end on um, this one thing that, you and I haven't talked about at all, so I'm throwing this out at you from left field. But okay. um, I just wanted to sort of talk about this because it's something that's been on my mind a lot, which is the the fact that this is going to become a massive issue on a political scale and a you know both nationally and locally for just about everybody. It's like this. A topic, I believe, is really going to explode. So if you don't feel like you've heard a lot about it up to this point, be ready, because this is going to become a a topic of major debate in the political landscape in the years to come. Would you agree? The the power of attorney? Well, no, just this whole how to pay for long-term care and powers of attorney and everything that's around it, because we have so many people getting old quickly. Of course, and, and I, you know, I, 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 do, I do wonder where the system goes in the future with the higher cost of long-term care and the fact that there aren't necessarily the surpluses to pay for it, um, either federally or in your own state. And it's something that I spent quite a lot of time educating clients on and working with the financial planner or other people involved to find out if there were private resources that we had in the client's arsenal to help pay for that cost of care every month. But it's something that, again, I I go back to the analogy I used in my firm, you have to have a navigational plan in place. You have to know what do you do if your money runs out, if your money doesn't run out, if you have a crisis and you're able to stay at home, if you have a crisis and you're in assisted living, or if you're in a crisis and you're going into a skilled nursing facility. Your elder law attorney can give you all of those scenarios and let you know all of your options. Even if you decide not not to choose an option today, you need that plan in place so you know what you can rely on going forward. And I think it's only going to become more important as the years go by. You know, we're going to get to, uh, to 2040 and have, you know, triple the population that we have now, double the population we have now uh, for our older Americans. And it's something that you're going to wish that you had as early as possible. And I'm saying that to your adult children. And I'm also saying that to your, to your seniors who are listening. You need to have that plan in place. And it's never too early. It's absolutely never too early to plan because you never know when something could happen. Right. So even if you feel like you haven't heard very much about it yet, I I think that what I'm really trying to say and what Audrey's saying too is you're going to be hearing about this because 
we are at the cusp of this becoming a national issue on a massive scale just because of longevity and the cost of care and the laws changing and the raging debate about health care and all of those things. It's like um, we're in, it's just the times are changing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They are. And, and it's, you know, I always, one of my favorite clients when I was practicing would tell me that his will cost $10 in 1920. And I'm sure it did. Um, I'm sure it did cost $10, and that was a lot of money. Uh, My will was a little bit more than $10. But I I would say the same thing applies in this context, that the cost of a a skilled nursing facility in the 80s was, you know, $2,500. We are well past that now. And as medicine advances, as we have higher costs, that's going to go up even further in the years to come. And so you need to know how you're going to pay for that, because unfortunately, at this point, your Medicare dollars are not going to cover it. That's right. Audrey, I really appreciate your coming on and sharing with the listeners your expertise on these issues. I think that this is such a great resource of understanding um, just really what some of the issues are, because of course, we can't really delve into the complexities of everything in, in a radio show like this. But also just just to have the broad overview of what should we be thinking about and where do we need to go next in order to take this to the right level so that as the adult children, we can protect ourselves and protect our parents who we love. I so appreciate it, Nicole. Thank you for having me on. This concludes my five-part series with Audrey Earhart about the five things that adult children of aging parents need to know now. And I really hope that You have some food for thought now about different ways that you can think about what parents need to do and what you may be able to do to help them and guide them into getting some better decision-making tools in place so that when or if something ever happens that you're able to pick up the pieces and move forward with the least amount of stress possible. At this point, I'd like to remind you that all the topics that we're discussing in these episodes While they're legal in nature, and while both Audrey and I are attorneys, are not to be construed as legal advice. Because this is the thing, even though both of us have strong opinions on some of these topics, what is right for you and your family really needs to be discussed with a qualified attorney that practices law in your state and can give you advice specific to your situation. And so, This is just general information, okay? But it's general information that I hope you use to your benefit when you are speaking to an attorney that's going to help you navigate these waters. We started this series with episode 15. So if you've missed any of the episodes and you want to go back and listen, just do smartplanning101.com forward slash 15 and then forward slash 16, 17, 18. And then this one is forward slash 19. And you may also read show notes, leave comments, ask questions, and all those other kinds of things on smartplanning101.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this really helps you. And if there's a topic that you would like to hear about some more, please leave me a message on smartplanning101.com in the comment section, or you can actually leave a voice recorded message and just tell me what you think or tell me what it is that you'd like to hear more about. As you know, we have national experts on these topics, and I'm always willing to go out and grab an expert on any topic that is relevant to smart planning. Have a great day. 
Now that you're starting to get the knowledge you need to make better planning decisions, don't let your journey stop there. You can gain access to Nicole's incredible guide, A Will Is Your Ticket Into Probate Court, the five crucial facts about wills everyone needs to know right now. And the best part is, you can download it for free by going to smartplanning101.com slash wills right now. Time is flying by, so don't wait another day to download this must-have guide, and we'll see you next time on the Smart Planning 101 Podcast. The information contained within this podcast does not constitute legal or financial advice. It's for general informational purposes only. For advice specific to your situation, consult with your legal or financial professional.